Awkward Insurance, you silly listeners, you. I am Dustin Bryant, your awkward host, and I am so excited for today because today we have a special treat and one that I have been excited about since the One City World Tour in January that was presented by Glovebox and the Insurance Guys. We have a special guest host today and two guests, and this is kind of turning into a seven degrees to Kevin Bacon thing, only it's with Glovebox. <laughs> yeah. So let's start with our guest host today, Natasha Pearl Hansen. Did I get Hi. that right? You did. You nailed it. I know. It's three names, but they're phonetic, so thankfully it's not too hard for people, but people will find a way to make it really difficult to say. I don't know. I kept wanting to say Pearlman for some reason. Like in my head, Pearlman. is Natasha Pearlman, but that's not it. Natasha Pearl Hansen is our very amazing guest host today. She is a glove box guru, a podcast host of the future role model. Is that right? Mm-hmm. The CEO and founder of MyBreakupRegistry.com, and I need to hear more about that. The executive <laughs> producer of MPH Comedy Productions, and she's also a comedian, and you're like the very first comedian I have ever talked to. So ah! I don't know what to do with I'm the so sorry. <laughs> I know, and a lot of people don't because they feel like when they're around a comedian that the comedian's supposed to be funny all the time, and they feel like they're supposed to be funny all the time. And talk about awkward that makes for a very awkward scenario like especially you know you ladies know at conferences and stuff where everybody's just trying too hard and you're like ah let's just calm down it's okay I'm so happy you started with that because I was like I'm gonna really suck at this no 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 joking thing no be a person just be a regular person we're funny enough just living our lives so Natasha where are you from let's hear a little bit about you I was born and raised in Wisconsin Wisconsin um I can't help but say it like that. And then uh, started my career in Chicago and then was out in LA for 10 years. And I just moved back to Chicago in January. Now you were not born and bred or even interested in the insurance field. You just kind of <laughs> fell into this by way of insure tech, right? Yes. Yeah. By way of tech. <laughs> awesome. I love hearing that. So, and you are, what is a glove box guru? Explain that for me. Um, the gurus wear lots of hats. We're a combination of marketing, you know, sales, partnerships, relationships, some some prospecting, but more thoughtful reach outs, searching for the right partners. That's a big focus of mine, searching for the right partners. I've kind of done, you know, brand deals and partnerships my entire career. And so I'm a I'm all about the right connections. And then you know, maintaining relationships. It's quite a, it's quite a various job. <laughs> I feel like the guru title, no matter what company it's with, is the epitome the, of the and other duties as a sign, you know, at the end of your job description, guru yeah. just take care of all of that. Yeah. Guru kind of just blankets you with like, whatever you want to see me as, that's what I am to you. <laughs> that's awesome. So she is going to be helping me host two Wonderful ladies that I met at the One City World Tour in um, Denver, Colorado. I'm going to go ahead and introduce them. We have Miss Johnny Anderson. Hi, Johnny. Hello. Hello. How are you? Good. Thank you for having <laughs> and us. And then we also have Miss Olivia Hain. Hi. Did I say hi? Well, like ketchup without the Z. Exactly. She took my you should make business cards that have that, like a little ketchup packet with the t- oh, just, um, like have the Z kind of yeah. Both crossed out. <laughs> no, so you two ladies are from Legacy Insurance Partners out of Colorado. 
And you guys are connected to Glovebox as well. How did you two meet? Oh, I'll take this. So Johnny and I worked at our last agency together. And Ryan Matheson of Glovebox actually helped train us in the very beginning. And we were both agents there for about eight years. Uh, Ryan did several different roles. Sean Mulhern was producing with us when we started. Then he went to commercial with Ryan and Andy Matheson. Ryan's brother was always there as well. You know, it was a family owned and operated agency. Uh, He was in marketing and all over, had lots of different roles while he was there as well. If you think of how, like when we first started, there were like maybe eight or 10, 1099 agents. And like, think of it like a, like a frat house. And Ryan was like the house mom. So like there'd be times that we're all all going to go to the bar. And he's like, I had to stay here. He didn't even have a true office. He had like a pop-up desk in, in the conference room because like, and he just like always had to kind of be there in case anybody needed him. So he put in his time. Yeah. I'm going to have to go back to the discord chat that was used for that conference Mm -hmm. because one of them, I don't know. I don't remember if it was Andy or Ryan. I think I made the comment that I was like, I just love how concerned you are about everybody, making sure that everybody brought the right coats. And <laughs> like he was like, this is what the weather is going to be like. Make sure That's you bump Andy. Your, make That's sure you sure Andy. <laughs> and put your hat on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Buddy uh, system, everybody. There was somebody in there. It was one of the Matheson brothers that was really taking yeah, on that parenting for role for everyone. <laughs> yeah. It's funny with our roles at Glovebox to learn about what these guys were like previously because it makes sense for exactly how they operate within our ecosystem. And uh, everybody's got their stories. I mean, everybody's got their insurance stories from past. So I'd be really curious, ladies, to hear. <laughs> oh, we've got lots that of you stories. Yeah. Yeah. We've got to share. I, I want the Build juicy the stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll wait until after the recording stops. And I'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> the safe zone. Yeah. So you two started your career with them? Or were you already in insurance and then joined Ryan and Andy and Sean? We had both been with a captive company for a short while before. So we were we were recruited into insurance. Um, I was recruited into farmers. You know, they show you all these residual income numbers. And, and it you know, I was looking for a change anyway. I wanted to be somewhere in, in marketing and owning my own business. So insurance was just proposed to me. And I was like, well, let's give it a shot. And Olivia was with Country and then also recruited into our prior agency. And we started within about a month of each other back in 2013. Okay. So that gives me a a great question from you guys as you ladies, not you guys, you ladies (laughs) is from y'all's perspective, (laughs) from y'all's perspective, what are the differences between the captive and the independent markets? You guys have been there, and then we'll get into the uniqueness of what you guys are doing now. I mean, everything from captive to independent, you know, one option versus so many. And, you know, as time goes on, there's not much you can do to to change other than bring down the coverage, compromise coverage, raise the deductible. I mean, a million different. And that's with a captive. Yes, right. The biggest comparison that I had was when I was trying to sell a captive product, it was like trying to force a square peg into a round hole. They have like this round hole of, of where they're competitive and the kind of client that they're looking for. And 90% of the clients that you're coming across, they don't fit into that. So you're trying to like make it work rather than make the insurance package work for the client. You're trying to like adjust things about the client to make it work, to get the rate down for the product. And 
you just end up kind of feeling a little too salesy, pushing something that you know may not be the right thing for that person. And it, it didn't feel good. You know, I, I loved insurance. I found out that I did love insurance, um, but didn't love having only one product. What did you love so much? <laughs> I'm quite competitive. And so I like the feeling of like beating somebody else, somebody else's policy. <laughs> I'm glad you like continued that sentence because I got stuck at beating somebody else. Yeah. Like, like to be and then it just stops right there. The entire podcast cuts. Nothing that I know. HR. I'm HR. So. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> um, no, but I like also just feeling like you're you're doing something good for a client it's like a feel-good product you know you're not forcing something that they don't need you know that they need it and you know that you're giving them the best option out there so it's it's a feel-good product and being able to just win I'm curious what drew you two to each other working together and made you start chitty chatting about what you wanted to maybe do in the future that led you to where you are now um happy hours lots of them (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> where the best where the best ideas are shared. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we we were just talking about this to someone the other day actually. Um we obviously knew each other at our last agency, but we you know, just as kind of like office buddies, we would go out here and there and talk about client stuff. We weren't, you know, hanging out on the weekend. We certainly weren't planning our departure and legacy, you know, that agency was our retirement. We weren't going anywhere. Uh eventually we did start a separate book, but it was still under that agency umbrella. Um, because the idea was eventually to, you know, to stop the quoting and the submitting, you know, and to build our own additional source of income. Uh, so it was like we kind of called the baby legacy. It was like the precursor to legacy, but we still weren't planning on leaving. Mm-hmm. So we've heard legacy a lot. You guys, Johnny and Olivia are partners of Legacy Insurance. Once again, just to kind of remind you why they keep dropping the legacy name, <laughs> which is a female owned and female operated independent insurance agency. And I think when I met you guys in Colorado, you were like, yes, it's female owned and female operated, but that was by accident. I mean, it's not like you did it on purpose. Right. <laughs> yeah, we, um, there were no boys that were as good as us. And so we're like, well, we keep hiring girls until the <laughs> end. Oh, I love hearing you say that. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you guys too, because this, this is something that I've gravitated towards even just within Glovebox. We have, um, I had started this months ago, but I started a women's discord thread because I was like, we, we keep each other like pumped up and keep each other feeling motivated. You know, we have kind of that like familial and motherly kind of, we check in with our emotional health in the mornings to make sure we're in a good mental space to seize the day. And I'm curious if that's something you've noticed working with women. Absolutely. So we, back in what, November? I think uh, so we do a monthly training with our whole team where we just kind of proactively will talk about a certain coverage or an endorsement just to kind of keep the changes of the carriers fresh and in front of mind. And so one of our agents um, will host the training for that month. And our agent, Danielle, she did her her training was on self-love. I mean, it had literally nothing to do with insurance, but it was a really emotional and like raw experience for us to to share things about ourselves, things about our other teammates. And I think that the connection and the trust that you get in a room full of only females, it, it was just a really natural and comfortable space to be in. Not to say that if there was a man there that we wouldn't have felt safe, but Olivia and I really talked about that afterwards. We're like, wow, this, this is really important to our culture, to maintain the culture. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I agree. We just, and same with us, we love the guys and we never did this thread to like exclude them or anything like that. Right. But it was more of like, oh, we kind of, we need a little bit of a different way of kind of coaching ourselves within. And also like what we find funny and our commentary, like our, <laughs> our thread is kind of ridiculous. And so, um, <laughs> you know, I appreciate, uh, I appreciate hearing that because, you know, there's a lot of pieces of what goes into building a strong business that are outside of just the hustle and grind. A lot of it's mental energy and, and humor and things that just really build bonds between your team. And having a place that you can go to as a woman and not feel like you're going to be judged for, for showing emotion or showing weakness, you know, in a, mm -hmm. in a male dominated industry, it's easy sometimes to feel like you have to, you have to stay strong. You can't show your emotions. You have to, you know, you have to be that, that masculine energy. And so being in a space where you have other females to support you and, and know that you can let your guard down is really important. Yeah, I, love I agree. That. That's awesome. I'm curious at you two as women agency owners, because I've attended a lot of conferences, even some recently where, you know, certain, I always appreciate every, everybody's perspective as far as being an agency owner and like how to get stuff done. But sometimes I feel like certain people are a little bit too like, ah, in your face. Like, how do you feel like you stand out in insurance? Um, keeping keeping a tight ship but also leaving like this really lovely space for your team to be people i would say um this is something that's really important johnny and i talk about a lot uh as soon as we meet someone or if we know someone and they come to us you know asking about a position we we really what's your dream job look like you know what does your day to day you know uh, we'll tailor it to them you know if that's if that's the case we because we want them to like their job and you know, work is important. It's still, you got to make money. But like we said, our culture, a big part of that is to give you that free space and to have a work-life balance, you know, so the what your dream job looks like on day one might change over time. And let's talk about it then, you know, so let's always be, you know, in the forefront so we can make sure that you're happy. <laughs> and then in addition to, to making sure that we have everybody in the position and doing the things that they want, Olivia and I learned very early on after we had started our team over at our previous agency, we have to be very careful not to be everybody's girlfriend. Mm -hmm. We have to, we do have to keep that separation. You know, we, we like to provide really awesome um, team get togethers or team bonding events and lunches and our, our Christmas party and all sorts of things. But there's a point where, where we have to draw the line and, and maintain that we are, we're the owners of the agency. We are, we, we, we need to keep that separate. And, and we've, I think we've done a good job at doing that, you know, instead of going out and drinking with the team all the time, like we have to, you know, we'll go buy everybody around and then she and I'll go back to the car and have ketchup packets and shooters. <laughs> oh my God. Did you recognize that about your leadership at first that you needed um, to kind of have that boundary there? Was that something that you learned? We learned it. Yeah, for sure. Because we were so small mm -hmm. in the in the beginning. There were just, it was John, my Johnny and myself and, and two others. My and Johnny. Okay, no, my I was like, no. My Johnny. <laughs> my Olivia. <laughs> Johnny. Yeah, but to answer your question, Destiny, I would say it was definitely learned. And then as we grew, it would just became more obvious that there needed to be a separation, you know, for the health and growth of the agency for everybody. And there needs to be, you know, that, that level of respect has to stay there. And if we allow ourselves to get too, too squirrely around the team or kind of bridge that gap between friendship and an owner or boss, 
um, it just opens up it, it it just opens up the door for a lack of professionalism in certain situations, and it makes it hard if we do have to crack down on somebody. It's like, sorry, buddy, you know, we're going to happy hour later, but I have to like get mad at you right now. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But I think that I mean the team the, we have amazing, amazing. people on our, our team. So I mean it, it's very rare that it has to happen, but they they do understand that you know they're that we we try and keep that that separation. I mean obviously the do one you feel like that's a harder time. boundary to keep with everyone being female and and just kind of clicking together like that. Whereas like there's kind of these automatic boundaries that men and women should have together, particularly in the workforce. And maybe as a women owned agency with all women in the agency, that boundary was like not ingrained. It was, yeah, it wasn't like a clear pre-existing boundary. We had to create it, you know, without hurting people's feelings. And um, so we, I'm usually the one that like, wants to play with everybody and Olivia's like it's no. time for us to go yeah <laughs> <laughs> which is really funny because Johnny you're the mom and Olivia do you have children um, Olivia you're the not mom <laughs> <laughs> so but you would think like the mothering role would be inherent for Johnny and she'd be the one to keep the tight ship and Olivia would be the one playing yeah, <laughs> but I also understand that because as a mom, you want to have your time away too. So that gets to be your like, ah, this is me out of the house time. And That's so true. I have a lot of <laughs> she says that all the time. She's like, yeah. I'm like, don't you need to go home? Like, you know, get the kids dinner or something like, I'm like, I already, I, already got, I, already, I got till seven. I already talked to my husband about this. I am not going home before seven. <laughs> I have a, I have a pretty great question for you guys. I think it's great. Um, Cause I think I noticed I've, I've worked with a lot of different teams, whether it be entertainment, technology, whatever it is. I love functioning with men and women for different reasons, but I'm curious as women that run a company, what you do when team morale feels like it might be dwindling or there might be a, a dip in sales or things like that happen. How do you focus on keeping your team energized and motivated? It's a good question. It's one that we've we've struggled with in certain situations. You know, I've been like desperately trying to hit a certain number of referrals every month along the team, you know, and so at our monthly meetings, it's always like, not quite there, but we, instead of just telling our team, get your leads up, get your leads up, we really focused this year, starting kind of early January, going out with our teammates, with the agents and, and leading by example. So instead of just saying, you need to go get a new referral partner. You need to call on a new mortgage office. It was, hey, we're going in there together right now. And it's it, it has been a really exhausting beginning part of the year, but it was important for us to to put our money where our mouth is, to, to do the things that we've been telling them to do, you know, and, and making those introductions for our agents to take over certain relationships and and to kind of show them how that conversation would go the first time so that then when they, they go out to replicate it and and, and do it again, they have more confidence. They have some conversation starters that they've already seen us yeah. do in front of them. And it's, it's worked. I mean, I, we've, we've taken every single one of our agents out at some point this year or made a new introduction to a new team, a realtor, a lender, and, and they're, they're then in charge of following up. But, you know, we're kind of, we're, we're holding their hands a little bit more than mm-hmm. we have in the past. But it also gives them a different perspective because, you know, we grew our individual books so differently. So whether we go together or go, you know, with one of them and we're not there, they both come back and they say, oh, okay, you know, they yeah. pick up something different every time. And so, like Johnny said, 
if we're giving them a task, it's nice to put put a an action behind it. Like this is how we did it, you know, try it this way or try it this way. And that helps a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also feel like when you're a leader of a team or owners of, of any business, you know, you, it's easier for you to say, go out and get those types of partners because you have, this is my baby. This is my thing. And you have that ownership. And sometimes it can be hard to like pass that ownership feeling or mentality onto your team. So I think that's really valuable to be able to go hand in hand with them because it kind of gives them a sense of, hey, I'm part of this team too, like gives them a sense of ownership and they actually can go forward with that same confidence into those meetings on their own. Do you feel like that's the case? Absolutely. So the name Legacy came from um, our prior agency that we were at. They, they ended up selling to a private equity firm and the owners made a, a lot of money. And we were actually in a meeting with, um, when we were planning to leave, we were, we were meeting with other people in the industry and somebody said, oh yeah, he made, you know, X amount of millions of dollars and, you know, good for him. And we're like, we did that. You know, we were the agents that, that put that premium on the books. And that was, that was our blood, sweat and tears. And of course, without all of the infrastructure and the ownership and everything, that wouldn't have been possible. But we we started we literally named our our agency legacy because we wanted it to be everybody's legacy. Now, I don't want you to show up to work and and stay up till midnight making that extra sale or meeting that goal because you want to make Olivia and I happy. We want you to feel the ownership and and the sense of pride in your own book. So we we try and empower our team. Our team our 1099 agents do have ownership in their actual book. We try and circle back on that and reiterate off as much as we can, that it's not just do the work for us because this is our baby. I love it's that. everybody's baby. Yeah. What do you want your What do you want your legacy to be? Think about that. Yeah, that's, that's really a powerful good. message. I love it. That. Is and you were Natasha. You were talking about the ownership and being able to pass that forward, and and they have a sense of ownership. But not only that, then they gain the trust that you guys are trusting them to go out and do what you're asking them to do. And when they when they excel at that, that trust bond builds. It does. Yeah. And you know, just being able to see the pride that, that they have when they meet a certain goal or when, you know, and they, they, they have a personal best or something like that. And I mean, mm -hmm. that, it feels good to everybody. Remind me again, when you started your agency, what year? I'm sorry, I didn't write it down. So my memory is failing me. It was New Year's Eve of 2019, <laughs> officially. Officially. <laughs> we had started a team previously with a couple of agents at our, at our prior agency about a year and a half before that. So we, we did have a lot of the structure and kind of things figured out so that when we did start legacy, we kind of hit the ground running. We, we had all the sales. Okay, stuff I don't mean to be that out. girl because I keep saying that I don't want to keep saying this word anymore, but you started new year's Eve, 2019. Did you get nervous during COVID? I mean, you were a baby startup. <laughs> yes. mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then all of a sudden, Right. I don't want to keep bringing COVID into the conversation, but when I hear about people that just started a venture like the year before, you've got all these big hopes and dreams and everything that's going to be amazing and you've got a business plan and you're going forward and then like, damn. <laughs> yeah, it's quiet out. Yeah. Just to piggyback off of what Dustin said, there must have been part of you that was also a little a little relieved in the fact that you, your lane is insurance. So it's something that's definitely got this massive recession proof aspect to it if you do it right. So maybe you can touch on that too. Yeah. I was just going to say that, you know, even we are lucky this industry because we didn't really feel, you know, like a lot of how hard a lot of other companies were during COVID because, you know, 
a huge part of our referral base is from loan originators. They're, they're going through these massive amounts of refinances and, you know, really loyal referral partners we've been working with since day one. So we were getting a lot of leads and, you know, we had the team to for that. So we didn't feel the hurt so much. In fact, we were quite busy our, you know, our first year plus there really, you know, coming out as a brand new agency. So in a way that was, that was lucky for us. I think the biggest struggle was making sure that we were able to stay united as a team. So Olivia came over to my house, you know, we were super careful about who we were around. And so she would come over to my house a couple of days a week and we'd work from my home office, but just trying to get like processes and procedures in place and get, get our documents and, and just our workflow together and making sure that the, the our agents weren't at home working from their couch, feeling, you know, completely alone and, and left, you know, to, to figure it out on their own. So we, we connected on Zoom. We, we, had, we had our group chat through Zoom. We had these little, um, it's called goal getter books. It's like where you can write out, you know, your daily affirmations, your top priorities, things like that. We would take pictures of them and send them out on the group chat just so we could like see what everybody was up to. I think that was the hardest part. Yeah. keeping culture. I can almost guarantee you that there is not a male growing. real agency out there that had people writing down their daily affirmations and sharing those. Yeah, I'm sure. Not. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. I love it. It's nice to always look back on those kinds of things too. Cause I do those for myself. I, you know, there'll be times where I don't as much and times where I get heavier into the journaling thing, but you forget to give yourself props for the stuff you've accomplished along the way. Because you're just setting these kind of milestone goals. And then you get there and you're like, well, I got to set my next milestone. And sometimes it's good to pause and look back and be like, look at these 12 milestones I hit this year. It's pretty epic. I love that. Being that you were like newer um, in the agency world, though, and well, I mean, it had just started your agency. I would almost fathom that when the pandemic hit, you didn't have like, I guess, bad habits to undo. So you were able to pivot a lot easier. You were still learning how to run. I could be totally wrong. And you can say, shut up. You're absolutely wrong. We went into this knowing exactly what we were going to do and had all of our processes down. But do you feel like being newer, being a newer agency, you were able to make that transition easier since you were still working on gaining your process? Yeah, I think it was, it was nice to have you know, Johnny and I in one area, you know, and even though it was hard to keep connected with everybody, but there were lots of times where we were just like zoned in and like figuring things out and then like bringing it out. And one thing I recognize post pandemic is that we didn't have in the beginning that we should have, if there wasn't a pandemic was the carrier rep involvement, you know, like let's come in and let's meet and let's talk. And like, at that time we were really kind of just getting acquainted with everything as a new agency. And so we had some time to really like you know, get some footing and figure some things out. And now, you know, they're coming in and meeting them and, you know, talking about production and things like that. So it was nice to kind of get a head start Mm -hmm. on like owning an agency and figuring out how it all worked before they were like, hey, really cracking down. Yeah, right. No, I love that. And I've got, yeah, there was one thing that you said earlier that you take time to have training and each person kind of trains on their own thing and it doesn't necessarily have to be insurance related. But I love that you pick out pieces of your policies. How many carriers do you rep? I mean, we've got the main five, you know, that everybody sees nonstop right now in Colorado and in our other states, but then an additional like, you know, eight plus that we have access to, you know, rounds out around 20 or so. Right. 
So each one of those has a different offering, has different tweaks to their language, have different endorsements to add. And I love that you Mm -hmm. pick out an endorsement and have your team familiarize themselves with those instead of just being like, these are your carriers, figure out what they do and good luck. It's amazing the things that we thought that we knew that we didn't really know, you know, so like, for example, we had one of our agents do it on service line coverage. So which carriers offer service line? Where is it capped? Is it, is it dependent upon the age of the home? Is it, is there a separate deductible? Is there, what kind of um, impact does it have on the premium? Is it going to be an extra $200 or is it an extra 12, you know, so in like per carrier and breaking it down and it's, and then we keep those the slides for the team to reference back to. And it's just, it's so helpful. And then you feel a lot more confident selling that that one specific thing. I actually really do love that, especially since you're bringing like all the carrier information in at once. Because one thing that happens when marketing reps come in and they tell you about their endorsements is you're only getting information on them. And then everybody goes back to your desk and you're like, I wonder which other carriers have that mm-hmm. coverage too. But not only that, the differences between them. So you know which one might be a better endorsement and you might, you know, if somebody's really interested in service line coverage, or I remember from being in the agency, there were various nuances about the exclusion on water leakage, whether it was 14 days, if it had been leaking for 14 days or less or 14 days or more. So I think one carrier at one point, it was four days. If it had been leaking for longer than four days, it was excluded. Like Mm -hmm. water leak in four days. I mean, just knowing those little details like that, if you sit down like you guys do and say, we've got these 20 carriers, let's focus on the water exclusion. This carrier says 14 days. This carrier says four. This carrier says within a reasonable amount of time, which is what a lot of them have gone to now. Then that really helps your agents understand the difference and how they can't just, or like on auto, how they can't just say, you've got 14 automatic days of coverage from the time you buy your new vehicle. No, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we teach here at the National Alliance because that's what ISO says, but that's not what all the other carriers do. They each do their own stuff. So I really love that you bring that. And that was my favorite thing having on my desk were cheat sheets that told me the difference. Um, between each of my carriers and being able to to break it down and and do like a specific coverage that it's not like we're going to go over you know all like these five things it's one per month that you can really dive into and absorb rather than listening to like the first 20 minutes and then like the remainder of the time you're like I I, there's no more room in here yeah your brain gets full Tell me about the makeup of your office. So we've said a lot about training the producers and getting them to go out and generate their leads and everything. Do you just have producers in your office or do you have account managers, CSRs? There's 11 of us all together. It's Johnny and myself. And then we have two full-time support staff, team members, um, a client care specialist who handles all the policy changes and um, anything related to existing clients. Then we have a full-time retention specialist who's doing our reaching out actively to current clients to at their renewals to get the policy reshop set up, which is huge. Yes, Can I come huge. Work for you guys? Huge I'm learning everything about this. <laughs> yeah, the correct anatomy. <laughs> I love that so much. I love that you guys are focused on every aspect, and I just. There's so much from the agencies that I've worked with where the producers are the ones that went outside and they brought the new business in and they just didn't really understand the coverage that much, which is why the service support staff, we rely, I compare that to the doctors and the nurses. The nurses saved the doctors' butts all the time. Mm -hmm. The account managers saved our producers' butts 
all the time. So I was like, you're bigger than me, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Huge piece, piece of the puzzle. I'm curious just because I'm on the tech side of agencies. So I have these kind of conversations with agents all the time because it is a very antiquated industry. And because we're still on the forefront of that technology mind and that virtual type of concept within agencies, what are you seeing there being at kind of the forefront of technology and what leg up did you have launching right before COVID to help you push that trajectory for your business? We, yeah, we, I mean, we just used the same system that we had been using at our prior agency. Um, So we were, you know, we were comfortable with it. We, we didn't really have the bandwidth to go shop around and, and try out all these different raters or management systems. It was just like, okay, let's, let's go with what we know, get our feet under us. And now that we've been in business for about two and a half years here, we're starting to look around and, and prioritize different things a little bit differently. So, you know, automation is, is huge moving forward for us. And a big plus was that we always obviously knew Sean, Ryan, and Andy. So we would go to them often, like, have you heard of this? You know, I mean, obviously they hooked us up with Glovebox, you know, pretty short, soon in the, in the agency existence. And, mm-hmm. you know, they were like our go-tos for IT, anything regarding insurance. Yeah. So it's really been helpful knowing them as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just having having different resources within the industry. We know so many people because we've been in this business in this area for so long that we've got some really great trusted producers, um, other agency owners that have also branched out to do their own thing. We're always meeting with other people. You know, we truly love Chad Maxey. He's he's a great friend of ours and we bounce things off of each other. You know, he's throwing something out and and we throw something out. So just having that kind of meeting of the minds and, and trust in relationships has been really important. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Awesome. I've enjoyed listening and hearing to you guys talk about the development of your agency, and it's still very much in its infancy. So what is the future of legacy? I mean, Johnny and we always say we're not trying to like retire anytime soon or anything. You know, this is like you said, it is an infancy, like three years is that even though we've been in insurance for quite a while now, this is, you know, legacy is still fairly new. And we finally feel like we're at a good point, you know, with the agents and the team and, you know, the support that we have. So I can see us building on the support soon because, you know, the book is getting bigger, but the team is just, it feels like a really good size right now. Everybody kind of completes legacy in their own special way, which feels really good. So we're, we're excited. Um, immediate goals are... We, we don't want to lose our culture. We don't want to grow to the point where our agents don't know each other, don't know each other's kids' names and birthdays and that's first and foremost the thing that we're going to protect and we don't want to lose sight of the need for support staff because as the book does grow we don't want to lose clients um you know we always say writing insurance is easy it's it's retaining it and keeping that client for yes. the long term that's hard and so that's where that's where we're really focused on is making sure that we have the right people in place to support our agents to support our clients to be there and and keep the business within legacy that is such a big thing. We hear so much on podcasts about growing your book to this size and bringing in new business. And it's, you know, it's all about how to get the sale. There's not very much chatter on how to keep that client once they're in-house, how to service that, how to make them feel like 
your agency is where they need to be and they don't need to shop around anymore. Because even in an independent agency, when we have so many different carriers to offer, they'll end up shopping and right. because they don't come back to you because that relationship wasn't built for them to go, oh, you've got 20. I cannot tell you how many times I had a client that wasn't in my book that would call to cancel or call to say that they found a different rate. And I would say, oh, well, what carrier did you go with? And they're like, oh, they were. Well, we have Arm and Iron too. And they go, oh, I didn't know. I thought you were just, you know, this carrier over here. No, right. we actually got 30 carriers that we could quote you. You just needed to let us know. Well, actually, it wasn't that they needed to let us know. It was that we needed to let them know. Absolutely. And that's yeah. where that kind of broke down. And like I said, there's just not a ton of chatter up, out there about how to keep building. There's there's a lot of chatter about how to establish the relationship, mm-hmm. but how to keep building that relationship is just as hard, if not harder. And to retain our agents. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. keeping our clients and keeping our agents, we want we want them to know that they're, they're, there's a family here. It's, we don't want to turn over our agents, just, you know, get another person who can sell in a seat. It's once you have them trained and, and they're here and they, they want to be a part of what we have going on, we want to keep them for life. We, we joke all the time. Like once, once you're here, you're a lippy for life. Yeah. A lippy for life. What's a lippy? So we're lippies. So oh. lip is the acronym, legacy insurance partners. We I call ourselves it. lippies. Okay. Way <laughs> yeah. over my head. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we were going with like lipstick. I'm like, like lipstick and ladies. Yeah, we, we've got lots of lips over there. <laughs> yeah, That's so, awesome. Yeah, like we want to, once, once our agents are here, once we have people on our team, we want them to stay here until they retire or die. <laughs> That's That's true legacy. <laughs> you know what I mean. Disclaimer. <laughs> Literal <laughs> legacy. <laughs> Any future on a podcast because I feel like that would be one that I would subscribe to on the daily. Yep, it would definitely be really fun. After that panel talking about podcasts at that uh, the One City World Tour, everybody was like looking at us like, "You guys need to do a podcast." We're like, "We know. I don't have any time. (laughs) Busy." So we (laughs) talked about it. Since we're on the topic of podcasts, Natasha, tell us a little bit about your podcast. Oh my gosh. Well, I had a future role model for three and a half years. I paused it last August when I started with Glovebox because um was spread too thin at that point. But I'm actually looking to launch a new one and, you know, carry over my same audience. But future role model, you know, kind of like on the flip side of legacy, honestly, it kind of ties in really nicely to what you guys branded your business after. But as a comedian, I felt like a lot of people that I knew had had you know, kind of a lot of hiccups and bumps in the roads on their way to success and success looked different to everybody. And so it was more like tackling their journey, unlikely things that they did in their past that may not seem like they could be a great something one day, didn't actually have an effect on that, only made it better. So it kind of gave people a chance to get ahead of a story like, oh, I really messed up back here, back when I worked at the TSA and I got fired or whatever. And then be able to tell how they, you know, made something of themselves, turned their life around. I started with just comedians and then moved on to a lot of actors, founders, athletes, um, a lot of cool conversations that I had on that podcast. Cool. Yeah. 
I love that. That's a lot. Uh, the transformation from how they kind of hit rock bottom, if you will, to how mm-hmm. they climb their way back on top. I try yeah. to focus a little bit, um, some of our upcoming episodes on when people have chosen a second career in hopes that maybe we can get more people to choose the insurance industry as their second or maybe third career. So I, I love that podcast. So you said that you're looking to start a new podcast. What will the new theme of your podcast be? Well, I, I will tell you my dream podcast, and this is something I've been looking for the right partner to launch. I am obsessed with old people. I love, I love traveling the world and trying to like end up talking to whatever old people I can. I'm really close with my grandparents. My last comedy special really involved my grandma. I interviewed her in it. I interviewed her on my podcast, got her whole life story on tape. It was awesome. And then my next special that I'm writing is um, involving a lot about my grandfather's history and kind of melding those two stories. So I have this dream to start a podcast called Beers with Old People. And I want to be able to sit down and have a beer and like a long episode and help people be able to get their grandparents' story on the books before that person's gone. I love, I love that. that. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. We, we, some of our family has, we're just talking about that. We, my parents did it with our, my grandpa, their dad. And, you know, you don't think about your parents being old, you know, but you do need to, we were just watching some super eights that he converted to a DVD recently. And I mean, it's 1972 and he's there with his long hair, you know, and they're naming all these people. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's posterity, you know, it's something that eventually they're going to forget these stories. So I love that. That's a great idea. I really like that. I'm going to volunteer my parents to come on your podcast. I love that. Ladies, I've had so much fun listening to you and getting to Let's know you. Let's do it you. again next Monday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on Awkward Insurance today. This has been an absolute delight and pleasure. I hope you ladies have a wonderful evening. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Toodles, everyone. Thanks for hanging around and listening to another awkward conversation in insurance. Stay tuned for new episodes from Awkward Insurance wherever you listen to your podcasts. And be sure to check out the National Alliance on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or at scic.com. Now go forth and be awkward. Toodles!